0: It is an incredible story, isn't it? Uh, the story that Jesus tells in Luke chapter 15. Uh, we've been looking at it over the last few weeks together. Uh, and really, it is the story of God and humanity. And God uh, is portrayed as the Father in the story. And uh, the basically, the story of God and, and humanity is God created us, God lost us, and God won us back. And uh, the people that are getting baptised this morning... Uh, a part of that story and as are you here in this room and if you're watching uh, this or listening then you also are a part or could be part of this incredible story and as we've been looking at it over the last few weeks we've been looking at this whole idea of awakening and the younger son who, who takes the money that he thinks is owed him from his father and he, and he clears off to a distant land he goes through a whole series of awakenings the first was an awakening to longing there must be more than this. But then when he was away, he had an awakening to regret. I wish I could start all over again. And then last week we looked at him coming home and that was beautifully portrayed in that, in that piece there about an awakening to love as the father ran towards him and embraced him, which was culturally shocking. And, and if you want to know about that, you'll have to uh, kind of get last week's talk or watch it on YouTube. But what we're looking at this morning is an awakening to life. As he returns home, he finds life as it was intended to be. You know, in the uh, Bible, there are two Greek words for life in the New Testament. One is the word bios. It's where we get the word biology from. It's chronological life. The average person will sleep for 250,000 hours in their life. Imagine that. You'll have 76,000 meals and you'll go to the bathroom around 200,000 times. I want to know who counts these things. Do you know what I mean? Who's outside the, the, the bathroom? One, two, you know. But apparently that's bios. That's, that's going through life biologically. But there's another word for life in the New Testament. And it's the word zoe, where we get the word zoology from. And it includes bios life. But it's about the quality of life rather than the quantity. It's less about going through life and it's more about you experiencing life going through you. This is life as God intended. You can only find Zoe life in a living relationship with God. It's the word that Jesus used in John 10 verse 10 when he says, I have come that they may have life. Not just going through life, but life going through them. And today, the guys and girls that when you, you, you guys are getting baptized and you're marking the moment that Zoe life has entered you and now, now you are not just going through life, but you want life to go through you. What does this kind of life bring to you that bias life cannot? And I want to just give you three things this morning. And this is true of the people that have been baptised. It's true of those of us that have experienced this life. But it also could be true for you today as well. The first thing is you can know peace with your past. You can know peace with your past. You know, whenever you hear people's stories, you know, some are more dramatic than others. Mine wasn't a dramatic story. I was brought up in a Christian home. But the moment when I gave my life to Jesus at 15 and a half or nearly 16, you know, I could receive peace with my past. And whether you come late in life or whether you're early in life, we all have a past, don't we? And uh, we can have peace with our past when we experience this kind of life. You know, I don't know how many of you this morning Maybe, even if you've come to a relationship with God, but maybe you're not experiencing this kind of Zoe life. Maybe you know God and you know that God knows you, but you still haven't come to have peace with your past. You can know that this morning. You really can. You know, I don't believe that God wants us to live in fear or in shame or in guilt from the things that we've done or that have been done to us in the past. He wants us to have peace with our past. You know, if you live in the past, you can die to your future. If you live in your past, you will die to your future. Your past will be your future until you have the courage to create a new one. Don't live in the past lane. It's going nowhere. Get ready for what God wants to do in the present and in the future. I read this in a book recently. I wish there was some wonderful place called the land of beginning again. Where all of our past mistakes and heartaches, all of our poor selfish grief could be dropped like a shabby old coat at the door and never be put on again. There is a place called the land of beginning again and his name is Jesus. When we come to him, like this young son did, you know I love the way it was described there. And the father said, I'm never going to bring it up again. It's gone. It's past. The Bible says in, in Psalms 103, For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. How far is the east from the west? We know north and south. We don't know east and west. It goes on and on and on. And that's the point. Our past can be forgiven and forgotten. Our past we can know peace with our past. But secondly, we can also know purpose for our present. You know, these guys who are getting baptised, it isn't just about God saying, okay, the past is done. He's now saying, I've got a new purpose for your present as well. Little camel said to the mommy camel, why have I such big flat feet? Mommy camel says, in the desert, you need them because the sand is soft and it will help keep you stable. Little camel says, "So why do I have such big eyelashes?" These were talking camels, okay? Um, and the mom said, "True story. In the desert, there's lots of wind, and it will stop the sand getting in your eyes." Little camel thought for a moment, says, "Well, why have I got such a big hump?" Mommy camel says, "In the desert, you're going to go without water for a long times, and in the hump, you can store water." Little camel thought, says, "My, I know I've got big feet and long eyelashes and a hump, so why am I in Dudley Zoo?" And the purpose is we were created and placed on this planet for a purpose. And here's the thing. Many, many people go through life. But when you come to Jesus, you understand why life can come through you. You understand the reason why you're on planet Earth. You know, I remember when I got baptised at some of the age of these guys now as a young adult. You know, and and maybe they don't think about this. I didn't think about it neither. Because when you're young, you don't tend to think about that. But as you get older, you do think, don't you? Life is passing, you by; it's going quick. What is the reason why we're on planet Earth? And God says, you are here on planet Earth, not only to know me, but to be a part of my great purpose for planet Earth. You get to join in with God on his redemptive mission of changing the world one life at a time. How many of you know that's exciting? That's purpose for your presence. Amazing. And and I think many people, they draw a circle and they put themselves in the circle and they say, right, here's my life. I'm going to discover purpose within the circle. So they're going to find inner peace or they're going to find what they're really motivated about or what they're really passionate about. Listen, there are 6 billion people on the planet. Do you think there could be purpose for your life outside of that little circle? Of course there could. Let's stop looking inside the circle and let's look to the God who created the circle. Let's look at the God who created the universe. He has a purpose for your life and my life. And I love this quote from a guy called Tom Sine. And he talks about our, our world being like Boom City. That's what he calls it. And he says this, We'll only find God's best when we refuse to conform any longer to the aspirations and values of Boom City and invite God to transform our inmost sense of what is important and of value, which will in turn change the direction and tempo of our lives. I want to say to you guys who are getting baptised, don't just settle for Boom City. Don't just settle for eat, sleep, rich, get rich, get, have a job, have a car, have a house. All that's good, but God's got more for you than that. God has got a purpose. You can be a part of seeing him transform the world one life at a time. I wonder how this young man lived. How did this young man live when he came home? Can you imagine that? How did he live when he came home? He'd seen poverty. He'd been a beggar. How did he live that day on when he saw people begging, when he saw people in poverty, when he saw social injustice, when he saw need? did you think, Do you know what? I've been forgiven. I've received grace. I am not going to just live my life for myself now. I'm going to live it for other people as well. I wonder if that's how he lived. I want to suggest he absolutely did. You know, there's a story that you can Google it of a, a lady called Henrietta Mears. Fascinating woman. Have you ever read her story? She was a single lady who had an eye disease and lived in America. And she was such an incredible woman. She, um, she was, was a teacher of kids. She wrote a Bible curriculum. She started a gospel publishing company. She created a retreat centre on a mountain. Through that, people like Bill Bright, founder of Campus Crusade for Christ. Um, Billy Graham, most famous evangelist in the world. People like that came through and were educated by this single lady with an eye disease. She did incredible things for God's kingdom. On her deathbed, she was asked, what would you do differently? She said this, I wish I trusted Christ for more. It's amazing. She lived for purpose. That's Zoe life. Peace with your past, purpose for your present, but there's also a promise for your future. What is God's promise for your life if you come home to him? He doesn't promise life will be easy. He really doesn't. But he does promise it will be exciting. So you guys getting baptised, your life with God is not going to be easy. All right. It is going to be exciting. It really is. He promises that. He doesn't promise life will work out exactly as you want it to. But he does promise it will work out all right in the end. Isn't that true? It won't work out exactly as you want it to in the process, but it will work out exactly right in the end. He doesn't promise life will be free from storms, but he does promise you will get through to the other side. And I want to say to all of you this morning, you know, whether you're, you're not all not getting baptised, we know that. Listen, this is one of my favourite stories. We're going to read it for a moment here. And I just think there's one thought that I think is really important for some of you. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. Listen, we miss that. Jesus said, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So if Jesus says it, it's a promise. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although the other boats followed. Next slide. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. So annoying. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Is there another one? Yep. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. Listen, if you invite Jesus into your life, if you bring him in the boat, There's not a promise that you won't have storms, but there is a promise you'll get through to the other side. Jesus said, let's go through to the other side. If Jesus said it, it's going to happen. It's a promise. And maybe some of you who are going through storms right now, you need to hear the voice from the other side that calls you through. You know, I remember when... Um, our youngest son was first diagnosed with um, learning disabilities, and I remember Alison and myself being absolutely traumatized through through the thought of that and uh, and the future, and how are we going to live? And, and and you know, when the doctor told us that he he's never going to be independent, you know, and um, all of that. I remember that there was a couple in this church who were no longer with us; they moved different part of the country. They they're older than us, and they had a son also with severe special needs. And I remember having breakfast with this guy many times and him being able to tell me, hey, you'll be okay. Because he was the other side of that. And it was like, we all need a voice from the other side, don't we? You've ever had a marriage difficulty, having someone who's been through that, saying, hey, I know what that is. I remember when, when our, our, our eldest son was a teenager and there was some interesting teenage, how many of you know there's interesting teenage years, isn't that Really is. And when you're in the middle of it as a parent, you think you're the only one. Hear me? You think you're the only one. You need the voice from the other side. I remember a guy in this church saying to me, yep, that's what's going to happen. Yep, that's what you're going to feel. Yep, but just hang in there. You will get through. We needed God and actually God used him uh, and many other people to be the voice from the other side. And I want you to know this morning, if you're going through a storm, you need to hear the voice from the other side. You're going to make it. Because Jesus has promised, we're going to cross to the other side, which is amazing. And so as we come uh, towards the end, towards baptism, the youngest son in our story had an awakening to Zoe life. He found it when he came home. The people who are getting baptised have had an awakening to Zoe life. What about you? What about you this morning? You know, we, um, uh, FaZe Trust, which is our youth charity that we're connected to, we run um, in partnership with the church, our Friday night hub. And we also run uh, one on a Wednesday night in uh, Dudley in Russell's Hall Estate as well. And recently, one of the young guys that was there started having questions about faith. And one of our guys shared his story with him. And this is what the guy said. He said, you know, I don't believe in your God, but when you tell your story, I feel different. I don't believe in your God. But when you tell your story, I feel different. There's incredible power in story, isn't there? And I want to to invite Abby to come back up and they're going to sing to you right now. And and this is the story uh, in the song, really. This is the story that the young guy experienced when he came home to the father. This is the story that all of these guys who've been baptised have experienced. And you might say this morning, I don't believe in your God. But listen, when you hear someone's story, you'll feel different. And the news is this, their story can become your story. It won't look and feel exactly the same. It will be dynamic, it will be personal, it will be between God and it will be between you. You can know peace with your past. You can know a purpose for your present that is beyond the circle of your own life. And you can know a promise for the future that Jesus will always be in your boat and he will never let you drown, even if the storm threatens to do it. You know, as you come home, as you come home into that relationship with him, one of the things that I love about this story was the way that the father embraced the son. The way he hugged him, the way he kissed him, the way he took off those dirty clothes that he was wearing and the way he gave him new clothes and made him in every way clean. So the son comes home, and he's clean, and he's found this new life, this Zoe life, and many of us have found that as well. How do we keep that? How do we keep so that life is not just, so life is flowing through us rather than we're just going through life? I want to just give you three very quick things, very quick. Firstly, we actually need to celebrate. You know what what happened then was that the father threw this party, and, and, and you know, for us church, when we gather once a week, is a party in the Father's house. That's what it's meant to be, honestly. That idea that we gather together, we need that. You know, I can track, when people tell me that, that, they've, that they've gone away from God, you can track lots of things that will happen. Often something's happened, there's been a disappointment, there's been a pain, Something. but you can also track, when they, are, when they lose the consistency of gathering together, that's tracking what's happening in their life as well. And you can track it to that. You see, we need each other. We need to gather. We need to hear stories. We need to remind ourselves that, that it's not just me, that we're actually with, we're journeying with some other people. We need to be inspired and encouraged. We need to gather. We need to celebrate. It's so, so important. Make the gathered church part of your weekly routine. If you want to keep Zoe life flowing through you, okay, that's so important. But secondly, we need to connect. We need to connect with individuals, Research at Harvard Medical School concluded we need two things to thrive as human beings. We need to achieve and we need to connect. The research suggested as a society, we're obsessed with achieving and inept a genuine connection. You see, you may achieve, but if you don't connect, you'll end up unhappy. You may not achieve, but if you connect, you will end up happier. So don't focus so much on achieving, let's focus on connecting. For us, connecting is in a smaller group of people. We call it life groups. Find a small group of people that you can connect with and do life with. That's so, so important. And then thirdly, we need to contribute. We don't only need to celebrate. We don't only need to connect. We need to contribute. It's so important. I can imagine this young guy as he comes home, you know, as he finds this new life. I don't think he lived. We don't know from the Bible. I don't think he lived the same as he lived before because he'd found life. He now maybe, am I, I want to believe, you know, that he wanted them to contribute into the lives of others. What can you now do to participate in God's work of loving the world? I was brought up in the Salvation Army and the founder of the Salvation Army was one of my spiritual heroes called William Booth. Towards the end of his life, William Booth was blind and uh, was very frail. And there was a big international conference uh, being called for all the people in the Salvation Army uh, for gathering. And this was at the end of the last or the beginning of the 19th, uh, 20th century, the 1900s. And, um, and he was asked, even though he was old and frail, he said, listen, you need to say something or do something to, to get everyone together because we need to remind people of the mission. He sent a telegram all around the world with one word on it, others, others. When you place other people in the centre of your life, when you contribute, then you experience the life of God flowing through you. We need an awakening to life. We need to be people who celebrate the life weekly together, who connect with each other that we can live life together and then who contribute in the way that God has called us to be. We're going to stand and we're going to celebrate and thank God for his life and then we are going to baptize one person this morning. We're going to baptize many more at the second service. Why don't we stand together? And you know, if you know God this morning, and I know that many of you do, and if you are grateful, how many of you are grateful for the life that you've got in God? Let me see your hand. Then let's let's celebrate that this morning. This this great song written a few years ago now by Matt Redmond. You know, he talks in the song that there are 10,000 reasons that we've got to celebrate. In fact, that's just a big number. What he means is that there are, there's, there's loads of reasons that we've got to celebrate the life of God in us. The Zoe life of God that is within us. So let's lift up our voices and let's celebrate this great love together and then we'll get ready for the baptism.